Hi everyone, welcome to the FBC Paris podcast, where we explore intersectional feminism through literature. Today I'm delighted to be talking to Mame Blue, a Ghanaian writer who splits her time between Melbourne and London. In 2020, Mame released her debut novel Bad Love, which was published by Jacaranda Books and long-listed for the Not the Booker Prize 2020, as well as being chosen by Cheltenham Literature Festival as one of their top three debut novels of the year. Bad Love tells a story of Equia, a London-born Ghanaian who's 18 years old when she falls in love for the first time. As both our narrator and protagonist, now in her 30s, Equia delves into her memories of angst and confusion that dismantled her experience of that first impactful romantic relationship. Good morning, Mame. Welcome to the FBC Paris podcast. Morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, of course. No, it's always uh, always such a pleasure to do a guest um, episode. And I'm uh, really excited today. We're going to be talking about your debut novel, Mm-hmm, yes. Bad Love, um, <laughs> which it has been published as part of the Jacaranda 20 and 20 initiative, yeah. uh, which top line for any listeners who may not have heard it. So basically throughout this year, Jacaranda has published 20 books uh, like from nonfiction, fiction, memoir, um, all kinds of different genres uh, by black British writers. So I wonder if um, you could perhaps start a little bit with the origins of Bad Love and <laughs> how you ended up working with Jacaranda. Yeah, um, so <laughs> the idea for Bad Love came ooh, like four, it's probably about four years ago. Wow. Um, I say that. Yeah, <laughs> four years ago. Seems right. Um, <laughs> and essentially I was thinking about relationships that I've had, that friends have had uh, in our 20s. And there was one, you know, one of my most significant, like early, early relationships. I was kind of thinking through it, like, you know, why did that catch me out so much? And why was it so, one of those things that stays with you even when you move beyond it or you get older. And I kind of just, I was interested in like interrogating that a bit more. So I just wanted to write a story about it, essentially. Um, And I had no, it wasn't, supposed to be a novel or any anything really I was just writing to figure out you know the feelings around it and it just mm. kind of took off on its own <laughs> uh, and became novel length wow. which was really nice yeah and I was not expecting it um, and I had written something that was novel length before that but uh, it will never see the light of day because it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> I'm no sure you've been your harshest <laughs> critic there. No, all copies have been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> but it had no, like, it had no story. Like, it had no oh. story, no narrative. Like, I mean, it was bad. Yeah, and so I kind of, I started writing it and I obviously didn't have a deadline or anything because it was just my own deadline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I wrote it in lots of different places. Um, I, I mostly wrote it in, I mostly wrote it in London. I had taken a trip to New York at one point and I was like writing at the airport. It was like one of those things where you're like, oh, I, I just have to keep writing. Like it was yeah. all just flowing out. It was really nice. And then I finished it really in Melbourne. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> twist. I, so international. I, <laughs> yes, it sounds so much more fancy than it is. Um, <laughs> just jet setting. No, I I <laughs> I moved there uh, in twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, for about I just lived there for a year. Um, mm-hmm. and it yeah, and it was even though most of the book is set in London, mm-hmm. and I know it goes to different places, but it. It, it kind of it was something about being away from London and having that distance yeah. that somehow made it easier to crystallize the idea of what I wanted the book to be getting that kind of distance from a place that I knew very very well uh, yeah you know, I don't know able to take a step back like quite a far yes, step back a very but... like as far as you can get yeah <laughs> yeah other side and of I, the world. I didn't exactly and I didn't foresee that actually happening but that was kind of the outcome like a really Melbourne kind of really feel that it's a very you know it's a very creative like place and it's very if you're a writer like it's very for you that for me was kind of the turning point with the book like it it made it kind of what almost what it is today um and sorry to touch you uh, but were you um what prompted your decision to go to melbourne was it a writing (laughs) sabbatical or what were you Um, doing in a simple word brexit uh, oh my gosh, yeah. Unfortunately, oh. the B word, I won't mention it again. Uh, oh, but okay. it was, we can't hide <laughs> from reality. We cannot. Um, but no, it, it, it honestly, it changed. I was I had already been wanting like a change of scenery mm-hmm. and I was thinking through some places to go. Mm. Um, but then when that happened, that decision happened, yeah. I felt like it was the first time I looked at London and I thought, I don't know if this is a place I can... I see myself anymore mm-hmm. um and perhaps that would have already always happened but mm. i guess that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back a little bit yeah it was the catalyst wasn't it which yeah is completely normal like it's <laughs> such a a rough situation that it's i think it's normal that you would think yeah. about options and and think oh maybe this is not it what i imagined you know exactly and yeah. and i grew up there i'm from there like i was right. born there. and melbourne just kind of came up because mm. i had friends who used to live there and they had always spoken highly of it. I'd always wanted to go. Right. And and so I, I just kind of took a chance. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, sure, okay. That's Let's go for great. A year. Sometimes yeah. you can't think decisions like that through in too much detail. You have no. to like figure out healthcare, <laughs> buy the ticket and then go. And then that's it. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. That's as much adulting as we're getting here, guys. That's it. Yeah. I, I have a habit of overthinking. So for me, this was like wild. Yeah. <laughs> wild you were really behavior. out of your comfort zone. I was zone. just, what am I doing? Um, but it, obviously it was like one of the best things I, oh. I've and I, I hope to eventually go back there. Right. Um, but yeah, it was no, it was great, and it was it played a big part in getting me, in helping me develop as a writer. Right. So a lot of bad love mm. then was written from the. We can thank the coffee culture. Of, Strangely, uh, of yes. Um, Even though it has, it features no way in the book. <laughs> <laughs> no Australian. Maybe there. you know there'll be a future book that's set <laughs> yeah. in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so. So a year in Melbourne, and did Jacaranda pop up at that point, or was it something that happened when you came back to London? How did that? So that happened out? when I came back to London. Right. I I came back and I had was making plans to go back to Australia again as a resident. So mm. I was doing the whole visa process thing, oh, which yeah. was very long and laborious. Fun, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so while I was back, I entered a writing competition with um, Africa Writes. Um, they had this and basically they had this like 
competition for, uh, do you know this poet, Warsan Shuri? Oh, no, I don't. She, uh, so, you know, this is such a random reference, but, you know, Beyonce's Lemonade. I know it very well, yeah. That, <laughs> Great. I, yeah, that so, I heard of. That you heard of. So the, um, the words that she says in between each visual oh. are this poet, Warsan Shuri. Okay, I think so it's Shuri. I, I hope should I'm have known that. So I'll pop that in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you it's, for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and that's, those, it's her poems that she's right. saying. She's just, she's an incredible British Somali poet. Yeah. Um, and she, one of my favourites, and uh, she was headlining the Africa Rights at 2018, the festival. Okay. And so they ran a competition. They took a line from her poem and they said, write 500 words about this this line, which is a lot, like, that's a fun prompt. And I did yeah. it and I, I, I won somehow. And I, I've never won anything in my life. Congratulations. <laughs> what an amazing was, first thing to win. Yes. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And that kind of boosted me a bit yeah. more to keep on with the writing around, like, you know, nine to five job paying bills. I had finished the draft of Bad Love and I, I thought, OK, I'm going to I'm going to start to query a little bit. And I mm. did my research and picked specific agents that I wanted to go out to. Yeah. And I got kind of like, oh, we like your writing, but we don't really connect with the story. This is not for us. Right. You know, nicely worded rejections. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. And one of the places I saw, Jacaranda came up, um, and they had this open call for Black British book, Black British writers, um, and you know they talked about the scheme, wanting to publish in twenty twenty, and it just and then when I looked at their book list and who they've got on, I thought, oh, yeah. I like I these some of these books I really love, like. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, why not? Like, it's very rare to have an open call from a publisher as well. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, why not send it there as well? And then I just forgot. And then I sent it and forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fully forgot. The beginning of 2019, I got uh, I contacted by them to say, oh, we've chosen your book. So that's how I forgot about it, because it was a I mean, thank goodness, because torturing yourself for 12 months is... Yeah, it's not fun. It's um, not fun. But when you heard back from oh, them, that must have been such a, like... That was, honestly, it was great. It was crazy. I had just, it was like the first day I had of a new job as well in just separately. And I got this email and I was like, what's happening? (laughs) I just didn't believe it was so surreal. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, incredible. I was so shocked. Yeah. And not because, it's not because because I didn't believe in the book. I I had plans to just self-publish it because I was like, I think I want, I just want, I've written it and I want people to read it. So I'm going to go this route. That was kind of my next plan. So to have this, yeah, to get that, to say someone else wants to publish it for you. I was just like, okay. (laughs) Like I was, yeah, I was in shock. Jacaranda, when I, we sat down and we talked about my book and they, I got the sense that they really like understood what I was trying to do. And they really like um, championed the book. Mm-hmm. you know in its iteration which I really which was really like I would have really liked there wasn't any like oh actually we liked it but could you change this bit there was none of that they right. they clearly understood like my vision and wanted to make it the best version of what it could be mm. which was really really nice oh that's brilliant yeah okay thank you for letting us know about Jacaranda because no it's I mean it's such a brilliant um initiative and um you know needs not needs, but like needs to be talked about 
even more yeah. when you consider that something like COVID happens that yeah. could potentially derail, you know, a marketing budget or... Exactly, or, or, an, or an already non-existent marketing budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perhaps you could talk a little bit about your role in the virtual Jacaranda Festival and also mm. how just how that's been for you, moving kind of live planned events to virtual. So the festival is, yeah, it's, it's a showcase... Tw- that, the 20 writers, yeah. really amazing thing for one day. And so yeah. I think we're all doing like kind of groups of like panels. So as you said, there are in the group, in the across section of books, there's nonfiction, poetry and fiction mm-hmm. uh, uh, mem- and memoir. And mm. so it's kind of, yeah, there's like clusters of, of us that are obviously doing similar genres. Um, and so I will be a part of the empowering black women through, um, I think romance literature, romance writing. <laughs> that it. sounds about right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Having read Bad right. Love, that um, sounds on brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, with and there's you know um, the other authors who've written romance, Sarita Domingo. Oh, um, yes. Yes, um, Rashida Malcolm. Mm-hmm. I think Lisa Bent has came out very recently. Okay. Simona Sif single that recent one. I'll be doing that panel with them about yeah romance writing and kind of I think our journeys to to, to it and, and the stories mm. that we're trying to tell. And for me it's very I find it I had trouble in the beginning like putting my book in a genre, which mm. thankfully the publisher does that for you. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not technically uh it doesn't follow the rules of romance, you know, if you strict rules at all. Um <laughs> and it was never intended to. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't sit down and think I'm going to write a romance novel. Mm-hmm. Um I was calling it an anti romance because it wasn't following any of the rules. Um but I th- I still think it's I think it's romantic in the in a different way. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know. Uh, Actually, let's but, uh, let's let's kind of move move maybe a little bit into the book. Yeah, use that as a segue into the book. So, um, you know, I I would kind of describe it as coming of age as well. Yeah. Um and yeah, almost like anti romance slash romance yeah yeah (laughs) exactly you know it's just its own genre so let's just run with it um yeah so bad love is about a london-born ghanaian uh, equia uh who's kind of early 20s well yeah late teens early 20s going to university yeah um and so that's kind of why it was coming of age for me because she's learning about love while Mm. getting her first tastes of love you know through romantic uh, relationships Mm. um and yeah i wonder if you could talk uh, a little bit about a queer i think you know sometimes as readers we can assume that the writers are kind of writing about themselves somehow right yeah (laughs) um but i think that can be a, a lazy or dangerous assumption uh, to make mm. um so maybe you can tell us a little bit like about Equia and her romantic relationships thank you for you've introduced it uh, beautifully oh, um <laughs> yeah i mean she yeah she's young she's she's i think the book starts she's about 18 yeah. 19 something like that yeah. um and it is essentially about her yeah her first encounter with romantic relationships but also as you say, coming of age is very accurate in how those relationships 
um, impact the person that she becomes. Yeah. And so a big, I would say like that there's kind of crossover themes in the book are about how different types of love shape our identity, right? So you've got the romantic love, obviously, and then you've got the familial love, which mm. is about her parents <gasps> and that dynamic. Oh, let's um, <laughs> talk about that dynamic in a little bit. Oh, my God. We'll talk about it a little bit. And, and then love of place, because, um, mm, you mm. know, the book goes to... Um, it's, in, it's mostly in London, yeah. but it also goes to Venice, and it also goes to Paris, and it also goes to Ghana. Yeah. Um, a big chunk of it is in Ghana and, mm. and Venice as well. So, um, mm-hmm. so it's... Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and the reason I, I chose those... I, I chose to kind of include those aspects in terms of the travel bit is mm. because it is significant to me, yes, <laughs> as mm. a person, mm. but because, it's because I think whether it is... Whether you're going to... Australia <laughs> or you're going to another part of of the UK right mm. that you don't live in mm. there's something about that change of scenery that gives you perspective right even if it's yeah. in a small way it does especially if you're going whatever you're going through something that is a big change in life or a big yeah. things are happening stepping outside of your everyday always has a hopefully a positive impact depending on you know how the, yeah. <laughs> how the trip goes yeah um but I wanted that to be a I used that I wanted to use that as a kind of a catalyst for her to make a change or to turn in some way and show her something about herself, which I think is very much when you're that age, when you're early 20s Mm. and you're figuring yourself out, there's the one is like the expectation that you should now know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life, um, which I don't even know if I know that. (laughs) Same, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems unrealistic but that is the expectation that you're kind of yeah, given society sure. and then the other side of it is obviously you have no idea and, and everything that happens to you from that point can change your direction and that's okay mm. that's what's supposed to happen and I guess I wanted to yeah I wanted to make that more I wanted to bring that to the fore more I wanted that to, to I wanted readers to experience that in the very real ways if they were experiencing it um i wouldn't say that uh a queer is <laughs> uh necessarily my you know she's not my doppelganger <laughs> or anything uh but when i was writing the character like definitely it's impacted by you know emotions that i have felt and that kind yeah. of thing and i've basically like turned up the volume <laughs> on it in an extreme way like the first i f- i feel and other friends who read the first draft did tell me like I <laughs> like the first first version of her was a, a lot more whiny than she ended up being, ah. <laughs> and that was on purpose. Like mm. I think I wanted her to be like because you don't I don't think you necessarily have to like the main character to enjoy oh, a book. Gosh, um, no, no, you know. Um, but I did. I also didn't want people to like hate her because obviously that one <laughs> might make you want to stop reading. Right. Yeah, I mean, she's like the protagonist. She does take up a lot of the book, so it would be a shame yeah, if she was completely exactly. abhorrent. Just insufferable. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was toned down a bit. But <laughs> essentially that kind of like, oh, roller coaster of emotions and yeah. constant in my head. And like, does he feel this way or that way? Da, 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 da. But you never actually verbalise that because you're very bad at communication because you don't know how to do that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have the vocab, yeah. You don't have the vocab. Mm. And also... A part of that is obviously the um, the kind of example that you've been set by your caregivers, you know, um, and how they communicate. That's also, you know, as children, you watch that. And I think for me, it was very important to show the impact that that had 
on her, mm. how her parents' relationship, which is kind of, in her mind, just doesn't work. They don't talk, and it's very, um, it's it's very quiet, quiet and full of tension. Yeah. <laughs> um, means that in her attempt to do the opposite of that, she still inadvertently doesn't really know how to communicate or what her version of that is yet. Um, but to show that how oblivious a lot of parents are to the impact that that to the big impact their relationships have on how their children see relationships like yeah i really loved that yeah fig figuring things out and getting that insight into her kind of mind mm. um and the parents relationship just as i said very <laughs> um succinctly you know it just gave me all the feels i wonder <laughs> if we could talk a little bit about that you, you've touched upon <laughs> the kind of sight you know this silent tension like there's a lot of things unspoken but felt and mm. the mum and dad are very different and it's the mum who really drives um drives things and has high expectations yes um but there's also a woman an older woman on the scene who was like the dad's ex-girlfriend and mm. then but then ends up like having this gorgeous kind of love story friendship with with Equia's mum mm. so yeah could you could you talk a little bit about that maybe I wanted the thing between the parents to be mm. not as as simple as Equia thinks it is which is obviously often the case right and that's down to obviously what our parents tell us yeah exactly <laughs> what they, choose. they like you know show part us of that stuff is, and then don't yes, show us stuff yeah. exactly and there's a lot that she didn't know mm. because she wasn't you know there was no not forthcoming with that information yeah. so she filled the gaps in of course mm -hmm. of like oh my parents I imagine that they're just together because they are they just think they have to be and even though they don't like mm. each other anymore and this is how she sees it you know and yeah. it's that simple boom 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 they mm -mm. should break up mm. yeah, <laughs> right. you know guys. exactly and mm. actually it was of course uh, much more complex than that um yeah. you know and it wasn't that her father that her mother didn't love her father or no. didn't care for him mm. it was that there was this whole other life before a queer existed <laughs> and yeah. there were all these other feelings um mm. and this other person that mm. was engaged with both of them this yeah. auntie genie yeah. um who i wanted to pop up because i wanted she was kind of like my the extra layer um and rather than go the i know obvious route <laughs> of necessarily making her um yeah, okay, the ex-girlfriend's coming to the fray and now it's going to be like, yeah. you know, it, it, that would make sense. And that's a very common story that is very real also. Yeah. But actually, because the mother was the driving force in the family mm. and she was very together and high mm. expectations mm. and queer was always trying to please her in some way, um, I wanted to show her, show another side of her that was softer and yeah. gentle oh, and... Vulnerable vulnerable yeah mm. and had this other this whole other aspect to her that was kind of subvert expect that subverted expectation i yeah. think that i was around her and yeah. and i don't know it just kind of again it's very much that kind of wrote itself kind of thing i i wouldn't say that I sat down and i i thought oh this is gonna go like this it's gonna like this it kind of that's just what the story became yeah and i really liked writing 
I really liked writing them. Mm. It was very organic and and yeah, and but it was really, really fun to to write them because they don't actually have that many scenes together at all. It's more about mm. her, but you felt very much like Jeannie is in the background. Yeah, her presence is there because when a queer <laughs> like goes to see her mum later, you know, in the later chapters, mm. it's true. Like she knows and Jeannie, she feels her presence. But yeah, you're right. She's not physically there. No, at all. Like, um, but I, but I think that's so common. I think that's yeah. so. Like again, with our parents, where or our caregivers, where we don't, they don't. Um, the things that we don't know about them, you know, could probably mm. fill a whole room, right? And so mm. <laughs> it's it's that. It's and and I wanted to show that kind of development of their relationship, of queer's relationship with their parents, where they are, bec- where they become slightly more open as she gets older, yeah. which is obviously that's how it goes. Suddenly, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we can. A lot of us can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is kind you of know, like a natural it, progression. Yes, they mm. suddenly um, they they can they start to open up a bit more, and I think, yeah, and I I also I, I for me it's 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 kind of it's the norm. My world is not filled with um, just heterosexual people, <laughs> um, yeah, or um, you know, and, and or just yeah, like just uh, cisgendered. You know, it's it's kind of uh, the people that I know cover an array of <laughs> of kind of areas and I yeah so to me I was like this isn't it's not really out of the ordinary but it, it, it's nice to have that in there as a if it's nice to be able to put something like that in a story that feels very for me that feels very real and feels very genuine and it's not about it's not actually really about sexuality and they never yeah. mention it and I know yeah. th- and there's a and the reason for that to be clear is because you know, yeah, this is a ask, yeah. yeah well this is a you know an older Ghanaian woman um mm. it just wouldn't just wouldn't match it, it you would never you wouldn't put a label on it not mm. in the based on the kind of history of the or the the background that she has you know like mm. um is that people because... of my generation yes oh, yeah. but mm. oh well yeah people of my generation yes right but not the older generation. And that's not to say that it didn't obviously exist, just of don't, it, it wasn't wouldn't talk about, about it in the same way. Right, no. and is that, that's because of uh, Ghanaian attitudes towards it? Like, is, is yeah. it fairly accepting, but you just didn't talk about it? Or was it just like, uh... I think it just depends. I think to some extent, I mean, I can speak only to my experience and yeah, my friends that, yeah. that, I, that I have a family. I mm. think to some extent it's, it's uh it's very known whether it's mm. like <laughs> accepted just depends that varies from family to family <laughs> um yes. i yeah. you know like uh and then i think and, and i think it's important like in the book was to point out that her dad was not um he knew about it all along it wasn't like a, a mystery to him or like a thing it was just yeah he wasn't being hoodwinked was he no he not at all because is that is the, uh, you know at the beginning um something else i kind of appreciated seeing was this idea of masculinity as challenged mm. because you know as we've said the mum is kind of the perhaps the stronger personality in in the parents relationship and there's almost times, and I think some of it could be generational as well, where the mum says to the dad, like, why are you crying? You know, the dad's a musician. He's clearly, like, more 
I don't know. I don't want to feed into stereotypes here, but no, but he's he's more, more emotional. Se- yeah, sensitive and yeah. you know, in touch yeah. with his emotions. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting to see that as well because. Again, like of our generation, of Equia's generation, it's mm. so she so didn't see her dad as you know, not not a man or yes, something. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting detail that you added in a similar way to well, maybe we can like have this relationship between two older women that is romantic, but mm. it's just it's not at the forefront. It's not explicitly. Uh, detailed it just is because yeah. yeah that that does feel like life and it's wonderful to have all kinds of representation you know it's yeah. never just one monolithic yeah. experience exactly the two kind of major romantic mm. relationships that um Equia has in the book um so there's d who she yeah. meets at university <laughs> who is very cool some would say he's a bad boy <laughs> um a musician, you know, kind of yes. just at the start of his career, at that point before he kind of blows up, mm. and 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 then there's Jay, um, mm. who is in a way the opposite of D. Um, I think you know Aquia considers that like he he's more stable. He's got mm. his kind of shit together, yeah. um, <laughs> and they have a very grown up relationship. But I think it said a lot for um, kind of Equia's maturity and this, you know, coming of age, this figuring out, out who she is, because that's actually a relationship, her relationship mm. with Jay. Nothing's like going that badly wrong, but it just stops working. And <laughs> she walks away. And I really loved that. And I think for mm. young people um, reading that, um, could be so positive because sometimes we think we have to stay or sometimes mm. we think that it doesn't get better. Um, yes. And I love that Aquia just got to a point where she trusted herself um, and she had that confidence to be like, this is scary, but I'm going to do it because it feels like the right thing to do. Yes. I think, and I think that's like, so well put. <laughs> oh. In, in, <laughs> yeah. Like in that just, yeah, exactly. In that, it's like a hard, uh, it was like a hard way of her coming to herself, yeah. but she did um, and has, you know, like clearly learnt from the last time of not yeah. fully expressing her feelings, whether they were good or bad or, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, you're right. Like I have, <laughs> I have one friend who dislikes Jay immensely oh. uh, um, because he's just so sensible and dependable and I was like oh. that's, a, that's a you problem I think <laughs> um, yeah I mean you of, know. of course again like characters don't have to be likable you know no. all, all characters can have good traits and bad traits because we all yes. do like I found him patronizing towards Equia sometimes you know I didn't like him for that but I could see how it didn't make him an all-round uh, kind of bad or abusive boyfriend yeah um like D I mean you know because D and Equia kind of keep circling each other yeah throughout kind of like the middle of the novel and then they're like mm. bookended and you know I thought I really loved the way that they came came back together as well because mm. it it also it wasn't just all dependent on a queer like it takes two <laughs> to make something work and you know and it is work yeah. and 
you know, it depended on D growing up and, and sorting yeah. himself out a little bit. Uh, well, a little bit, a lot maybe. <laughs> um, so... But, you know, it's interesting uh, because I think... Obviously, because she she's also a slightly unreliable narrator. So yeah. you're getting her perspective on his actions. So true. And I don't, ne- I don't necessarily... I know I wrote it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily... <laughs> believe that he had any more growing up to do then than she did you know um, very true perhaps, very good point. Uh, yeah it, you know <laughs> yeah we were um, also but getting... it's, but i think everybody takes it in a different way <laughs> yeah yeah it's true oops maybe speaking to like my prejudice there <laughs> um, no no not at all yeah no, but i just I, I i just loved again you know relationships in bad love just felt very human organic could Mm. relate to on some level even if it hadn't you know directly happened to me or someone in my life um Mm. so I really Mm. loved that element and I have to say I was kind of satisfied when Dee and Equia found a way to come back to each other who Mm. knows if they stayed together you know forever um (laughs) But for the time, you know, or at that time, it, it was, it was, it was, um, it worked, you know, hmm. it, it worked. So I, I really, I really loved that we got to see a queer in like two different relationships as well as figuring herself out. Um, yeah. Because again, we can, we can fall in love with very different things with, you know, in, in different people. So, yeah. Yeah, I really loved that. Um, yeah. This cover. <laughs> yes. Can we talk about you oh and Depo? And yes. I've got a link to that gorgeous chat that you two did back in May. Um, mm. I've watched about half of it now. Mm. So it's very it long, so. Oh don't no, worry. it's fine. Yeah, it's an hour. Um, it's yeah, it's an it's an hour. So I'm going to mm. pop that in the show notes because, as I say, like it's just it's really gorgeous chat between you two. Um, I think there's two parts actually. I don't think I. T- oh wow! <laughs> I will. I'll. I'll send you the other. The oh, other half you. of it. That's yeah. why it is long. It ended up <laughs> being longer but than that, expected. I mean, that's so it was nice. Fun. And oh, I yeah. guess that yeah. might be one of the upsides to, uh, to doing things virtually. You know. Um, yeah. You don't have the same constraints. So, so yeah, the, the artwork <laughs> on um, Bad Love yes. is Dapo's work. Now, Dapo is London-born um, Ghanaian also, or? Uh, Nigerian. Nigerian. He's Nigerian, yeah. Uh, very talented artist. Um, very. I believe he's done, well, I follow him on Instagram. Um, I see that he's done a lot of, like, picture books, uh, yes. kind of artwork for younger kids as well, which is just fantastic. Yes. And um, I'd love to just hear a bit more about how this came together, like (laughs) your your friendship, like how did that happen? Because it's so gorgeous. Um, Yeah, so he, so we actually became friends not that long ago. I think it was mostly last year, probably. We, um, we, it feels like we've been friends forever, but. (laughs) Oh, that's the best feeling. Um, Which is really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So he, on that, when I was working in the children's book industry, Um, he was one of the um, yeah. illustrators that I came across, um, and he was doing some 
kind of work with us because his his book uh, so look uh, look up is what it's called yeah. um, and it's with um this author Nathan Bryan mm-hmm. um, and it's like a bestseller it won the Waterstones children's book prize this year yeah. like I mean it's, it's yeah he's <laughs> everywhere yeah, he's seen a lot of success I feel like this year has been his year oh uh, yes in terms of visibility um, which is great very much so when I met him he hadn't it hadn't come out yet but it was like coming yeah uh, and he yeah and we just became friends and he sometimes would post as you follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Obviously, he posts like his works in progress all the time. Um, just amazing stuff. But he's, if you look at his children's book stuff mm. and then his artwork as well, like he usually just experiments with lots of different styles. Yeah. And it's really gorgeous. And so this image, which I also have the book here. <laughs> yeah, look, at, look at us. <laughs> look at that, snap. Um, the matching jumper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, he, uh, yeah, that image. Um, he posted like a series of images yeah. that were basically they had this kind of the female very feminine face mm. but it was black like pattern mm. and then there was always color around it or something like that yeah like vegetal and kind of very nature very yes exactly yeah, and so. just like beautiful kind of images and he put mm. months ago like i mean not even months probably over a year ago he mm. posted it and i i remember saying to him like oh my god i, I just i love this i love these images like you know, if you're ever selling <laughs> prints, yeah. give me one, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. And yeah, and then so when it came to the point, to the to the um, section of getting my book together and the decorator saying, okay, we're going to do the book cover, send us some images that you want to, that will you think inspire the book cover because <laughs> they, were, they had a graphic designer already. Uh, yeah. And I kind of like, I thought, can I? And I had had a conversation with him before, and Dapo had been like, "If you want one of them for something, just tell me." But that was ages ago, and I was like, "I'm gonna hold you up on that." And then yeah. I was like, "Is he really gonna give me?" Um, and yeah. I, I emailed him, and I was like, "Look, can I use this? Because this image, this one in particular, it just works. Like it just." I mean, it couldn't it, be more perfect. <laughs> it, honestly, it's, like it's yeah, it's crazy, and it already and it already existed. Yeah. And I'm not, and also I think I'm not a visual person, so yeah. I'm like, I have this thing, I think this thing where, um, I think I said that, I think I might have said this on when we, when I spoke to him on the IG live, I can't remember, but <laughs> this thing where if you said to me, red car, mm. I wouldn't necessarily, I can't picture a red car, I can picture like how it feels and like the senses of it, but Ooh. it doesn't form a full image in my mind. Apparently there's like, I'm in the minority of people who, <laughs> who think this way, who have that. Oh, yeah, I've never heard of that before. It's, it's very really, bizarre. Wow. I, there's a name for it, but I can't remember. But okay. so I, someone says to me, oh, what do you want the book of? So I'm like, I don't, I know what I like when I see it, but yeah, I, I but couldn't. Can't, I can't work with an artistic I can't director create and like create, yeah. I'm just I, I not good at that. <laughs> but yeah. this, so this just was like a, just a blessing from the sky. And so I messaged yeah. him and I was like, can I? use this as an intro he said you could have it <laughs> um he's like i'll rework it for you um Aww. just tell me and, and you can have it like you know oh sweetheart and so yeah. i was like okay and so then yeah jack Randall was like yep okay perfect it works let's do it and so he re kind of mocked it up yeah. with the coloring and and then they have the finished the finished product of bad love and it's so, i yeah i love it yeah it, it's so beautiful <laughs> it's very powerful um as we've just said I think it perfectly Mm. represents what then goes on to happen (laughs) in your novel and you know having watched a little bit of your of your chats together I just love that there's you know 
a black man kind of showing the beauty of black women in such yes. a sensitive, gorgeous way. It just feels really yeah. important and really like, wow, supportive. Mm. And he even kind of referenced, which I, I saw the bow tie because there's a gorgeous bow tie detail. And he yeah. said, yeah, Janelle Monáe may have been, <laughs> you know, like a little inspiration or yeah, yeah. inspiration for this one. And I just, yeah, I, lo I love all of that. And as I said, I'll put that in the show notes because he mm. does show his other illustrations as well. Like, yes, of the in series. the series, yeah. And it's just like, people need to follow him, need to buy <laughs> yeah. his artwork. Like, buy it's his just, work. <laughs> It's, it's, it's honestly, and it's very, yeah, like his, his brain just works in such a way. And he's turned something that, because he said it was influenced by the kind of, you know, that quote unquote, that, well, not quote unquote, but that, that, what they used to call the gollywog yeah. know, image, you know, this very racist um, thing, image that yeah. was around all the time. And he, he wanted to turn it on its head yeah. and make it something beautiful. And then that's what kind of what it was born out of yeah which to me is such because i love the fact that she's just this black painted color she's not a particular anything no. it's just a very simple kind yeah. of young woman coming apart yeah <laughs> that's what which is exactly what the book is yeah, right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, just perfect visual representation. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I, I really love that story. Um, mm. And I love that, you know, it's a black British publishing house. Yeah. Uh, writer, illustrator, just, you know, everything is, is just celebrating yeah. um, the best of, you know, black British. Um, yeah. Marmy, mm. thank you so much um, for your time. It has been no wonderful to chat with you. Um, mm. to know a little bit more about Bad Love, which mm. we loved. Thanks it, for having me. Bye. Bye.